saying? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Wait, I should think about, I should think, what am I for this oh, episode? Oh, I have no idea what I am okay. for this episode. Let's figure that out. All right. I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a buffer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spooky Corner. I am Nati, your horror movie lover. And for this episode, I am, I don't know what I am. I think I'm going to go with um, uh, Tina's dead body being dragged around in a body bag. That's a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene a lot, honestly. I skipped that scene. I read that scene, but I yeah. did not. I was like, okay, I, I understand enough of it, but also let's just read the rest of this. I am, I'm not real. Or maybe I am, or maybe I'm Z, or maybe I'm not, or maybe I'm a dream. I don't know. Are you basically Freddy Krueger then? <laughs> I'm the concept of Freddy Krueger. Oh, you're the concept. I'm the concept. I'm not necessarily Freddy Krueger himself, because I'm not sure if I'm real or not, but I'm something. <laughs> you're welcome, Wes Craven. Ooh, you're welcome. <laughs> you can tell we enjoyed the movie, Mr. Craven. <laughs> but yeah, hello everyone, and welcome back obviously as you guys can tell z and i are going to be talking about a movie that we both watch for the first time ever Ooh. a nightmare on elm street yay yeah so a nightmare on elm street is a 1984 american supernatural slasher film written and directed by wes craven it is the first installment in the nightmare on elm street franchise and stars heather langenkamp Robert Eglund as Freddy Krueger and Johnny Depp in his film debut. I'm so I'm sad that you did say Robert Anglund. Anglund. <laughs> Anglund. Is that That's what I've been you're reading supposed it. to say? That's how I've been reading his name for like the past week. Anglund. Oh, Anglund. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. Okay. Craven released A Nightmare on Elm Street on an estimated budget of $1.1 The film was released on November 9th, 1984 and grossed $57 worldwide. A Nightmare on Elm Street was met with critical rave reviews and is considered to be one of the greatest horror films ever made, spawning a franchise consisting of six sequels, a television series, a crossover with Friday the 13th, and various other merchandise, and of course, a remake of the same name. Yay, throwback to our favorite scream. Everything Whoa. gets a remake. Yep. So the film is credited with using many tropes found in low-budget horror films of the 70s and 80s that originated with our fave, John Carpenter's Halloween. The film includes a morality play as well, where sexually promiscuous teenagers are killed, which we can get more into later. And critics and film historians state that the film's premise is the struggle to define the distinction between dreams and reality, manifested by the lives and dreams of the teens in the film. And recently, in 2021, so literally last year, the film was selected for preservation by the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress as being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. Which is so cool. That is so cool. And I do think it did deserve it. It was very interesting. And um, we'll talk more about the script later, but I thought it was very well written. 
I'm so, so happy. Yay. I'm so happy you like this one. Yeah. I mean, I didn't watch all of it. I will tell you that. I no, skipped like parts, <laughs> no. especially the kills. I skipped a lot of the kills. I just read the kills and I was like, okay, I understand that. I'm too scared to like actually watch that, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, and we can get more into it later, I did think that some of the kills were lame. Like fucking rod i think that was his name stupid rod yeah i thought rod's mm-hmm. the kill was like the lamest one i'm just like come on come on he, he all you need to do is prop his feet up like come on oh i i read rod's kill so i'm not sure what they did for it but i guess it wasn't good <laughs> no not compared to the other ones i don't think i see i see yeah So in 1981, teenager Tina Gray awakens from a terrifying nightmare wherein a disfigured man wearing a blade, blade glove, (laughs) blade, 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 blade fixed glove, apparently that's the term, attacks her in a boiler room. Awakened by her screaming, her mother enters and points out four mysterious slashes on her nightgown. The following morning, Tina's best friend, Nancy Thompson and Nancy revealing that they also each had a nightmare the previous night the two stay at tina's house when tina's mother goes out of town where she discovers that nancy also had a nightmare about the disfigured man tina's boyfriend rod lane interrupts their sleepover when tina falls asleep she dreams of the disfigured man chasing her Rod is awoken by Tina's thrashing and sees her dragged and fatally slashed by an unseen force, forcing him to flee as Nancy and Glenn awaken to find Tina bloodied and dead. Yikes. Um, The next day, Nancy's policeman father, that's such a good way of introducing him, Don Thompson arrests Rod despite his pleas of innocence. At school, Nancy falls asleep in class and dreams that the same disfigured man chases her into a boiler room where she is cornered. She then deliberately burns her arm on a pipe. The burn startles her awake in class, and she looks down to notice a burn mark on her arm. Nancy visits Rod at the police station, who describes Tina's death, along with his most recent nightmares about the same man stalking her in her dreams, making Nancy believe that that man killed Tina. At home, Nancy falls asleep in the bathtub and is nearly drowned by the man. Nancy then depends on caffeine to stay awake, and she also takes some pills and invites Glenn to watch over her as she sleeps. In her dream, Nancy sees the man prepare to kill Rod in his cell, but then he turns his attention towards her. Nancy runs awake and wakes up when her alarm goes off. The man kills Rod by wrapping sheets around his neck, staging it as a suicide via hanging. At Rod's funeral, Nancy's parents become worried when she describes her dreams. Her mother, Marge, takes her to a sleep disorders clinic where, in a dream, Nancy grabs the man's fedora with the name Fred Krueger written in it and pulls it into the real world. And of course, since this is a horror movie, Nancy's mother, Marge, does not believe that anything weird or paranormal is going on simply that her daughter's going crazy so she chooses to barricade the house and marge then explains that kruger was actually an insane child murderer who killed 20 children in the neighborhood but was released on a technicality seeking vengeance kruger was then burned alive by the victim's parents uh, that were acting out vigilante justice 
So Nancy realizes that Kruger is now a vengeful ghost and is killing her and her friends out of revenge and wants to satiate his psychopathic needs. Nancy tries to call Glenn to warn him, but his father prevents her from speaking to him. Glenn falls asleep like an idiot and is killed by Kruger. <laughs> You're welcome. Great. I added that in. <laughs> Great writing. Now alone, Nancy puts Marge to sleep and asks Don, who is across the street investigating Glenn's death, to break into the house in 20 minutes. Nancy rigs booby traps around the house and grabs Kruger out of the dream and into the real world. The booby traps affect Kruger enough that Nancy can light him on fire and lock him in the basement. Nancy rushes to the door for help. The police then arrive to find that Kruger has escaped from the basement. Nancy and her dad, Don, go upstairs to find a burning Kruger, Kruger smothering Marge in her bedroom. After Don extinguishes the fire, Kruger and Marge vanish into the bed. And when Don leaves the room, Kruger rises from the bed behind Nancy. Realizing that Kruger is powered by his victim's fears, she calmly turns her back to him, causing Kruger to evaporate as he attempts to lunge at her. The evaporation effect has not aged well. <laughs> I've, okay, let's be honest. I feel like quite a bit from this movie didn't age well, but it made it really fun to watch. That's true, but the evaporation effect it was, was bad. One of those it things. was really, oh my God. Also, the scene where Kruger is going into Rod's prison cell and like he just walks through the bars and it's just like this, like, cut, like, it literally looks like they cut the bars from like the actual film itself and then they were like yep nobody's just walking through don't worry about it <sighs> this looks super fluid guys don't worry about it i mean yeah you're right i didn't that see that bad. one but i'll take your word for it it I'll was it word. was bad yeah. there was some other like very strange moments too there was one um when the police were arresting rod did you hear how it was like obviously adr dialogue wait no what so it's just the the dialogue very much didn't sound live. It sounded like they the voice actors were doing things in the background. Oh, I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, because it just stood out so much. It was like everyone's talking at this volume. Some people are like, "Hey, kid, we're arresting." You. <laughs> this film cost one point one million dollars. Just I mean, kidding. Oh, no, to be don't fair, they're doing effects. the best for their time. They're doing the best for their time, you know? But, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they had, like... Okay, okay. Good, good part. Great part about this movie is that they had amazing, like, special effects. Like, actual special effects that wasn't just, like, like CGI. Practical, practical yeah. effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and really the, awesome the, ones. the set of the boiler room was quite nice. <laughs> it's quite lovely. You could move in. I see why I see why Freddy Krueger haunts it. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yes, yes. I, if I were a ghost, I would live there, darling. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a really good boiler room. It was very creepy. I'll give you that. Yeah, sure. yeah. That was a good one. I really like the shot at the beginning of uh, Freddy Krueger, like his hand. You see his hand first. Ooh, like, yeah, that yeah. was very well done. Yeah. You see yeah. him like making like the little razor, the blade yeah. hand glove. Yeah. 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 Like, that like was, that. yeah. You know, like I think they use the money well. Some things haven't aged well, but that's because <laughs> we're watching it several years later. So that's true. This movie did come out like almost 40 years ago, which mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that I feel so like, long ago. To be yeah. honest, I feel like um 
if we complain more about it because we are going to complain about it but i don't think we're going to complain that much no. that would be worse you know so i think no, overall no. it's like pretty good so yeah oh no don't get me wrong this is like mm-hmm. this movie shot up to my top 10 like this is oh, really, easily really? one of my favorite horror movies. yes yes because oh. it's very campy and i love camp horror I love it so much and it's done so well and the visuals we can get more into it but like the visuals with Tina's death in particular was like chef's kiss perfect yeah yeah I see I see I see yeah but yeah we were almost done summarizing the plot see if you want to go ahead and take the last paragraph okay so Nancy steps outside into a bright and foggy morning where all her friends and her mother are still alive Nancy gets into Glenn's convertible to go to school when the top suddenly comes down and locks them in the car as the car drives uncontrollably down the street. Three girls in white dresses playing jump rope are heard chanting Kruger's nursery rhyme as Marge is grabbed by Kruger through the front door. Yeah, and then I put in parentheses there, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So to any of our listeners who have watched, of course, the remake, of texas chainsaw massacre hold on not the first but the second remake (laughs) the one that came out this year um that just reminded me a lot of the closing scene in the remake as well because it was it was dumb it was also very dumb and i I see along with most people i hated the new texas chainsaw massacre so this was one of the things it's like it was done really well in campy in the movie and it was just done really stupid and poorly in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I'm solely using this as a point to rant about Texas Chainsaw Massacre because I hated that movie. Okay, okay. Horrible. Live your life. Yes, great, yes. good, Thank wonderful. you for giving me this platform. I needed yes. it. I really yes. needed it. Um, Before we go on a break, I did want to ask, mm-hmm. how did you interpret the ending of nancy like ignoring kruger he evaporates and then she wakes up the next morning in like this foggy dream state and mm-hmm. her and her friends get essentially like car napped by like a, a kruger car and her mom is just like grabbed by kruger like how did you interpret that because i didn't really know how to interpret it uh let me read the ending again yeah. real quick okay so music uh let's see Nancy, I take back every bit of energy I ever gave you. You're nothing, you're shit. And then she turns her back on him. Kruger bunches out his fingers, producing a single ragged ragged bundle of razor talons and raises his hand over the back of her head and neck. Nancy closes her eyes and steps to the door. Close on her hand, touching the doorknob. Close on Kruger's knife fingers poised. Music build then shrieks as Kruger stabs down right through Nancy as if she were an optical illusion, losing his balance and falling down, 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 and he's gone. I would have liked that better than the blue thing that, that they was... did. You're right. That is beautifully written. What the fuck? Yeah, like the writing what? is the writing is really good. So even though, like, obviously, I think with the CGA, they probably just couldn't act, yeah. execute her yeah, him yeah. stabbing through her. But mm-hmm. I mean, the blue did give the same idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely needed to hear you read the script, though. That was definitely needed. Yeah, so we're going to go to the end now. We have two more pages, so might be a while. Exterior Elm Street Day. Close on Nancy's front door as Nancy jerks it open and blinks in the bright, diffused light. The music fades on a transition note into the light. We hear birds, children playing, early morning sounds. 
Nancy, God, it's bright. Marge sticks her head out, squinty and nods. Sober. Marge, gonna burn off soon or it wouldn't be so bright. Nancy turns and looks her mother over. Nancy, feeling better? Marge, they say you've bottomed out when you can't remember the night before, shakes her head. No more drinking, baby. Suddenly, I don't, just don't feel like it anymore. She touches Nancy. Marge, didn't keep you up last night, did I? You look a little peak. Nancy smiles. Nah, just slept heavy. The girl gives a wave and goes off. Marge calls after. Marge says, see ya. Nancy turns and waves. Wider on Nancy as she walks to the curb, the whole scene is wrapped in an unseasonal tool fog, bright yet diffuse. We notice that Nancy's house no longer has bars on its windows. Mm -hmm. Then we see a familiar convertible pull up to the curb, top down. Tina and Rod are in the back seat. They all wave to Nancy and Marge as Nancy climbs in. Glenn, you believe this fog? Marge, I believe anything's possible. <laughs> Tina slaps five with Nancy. Tina, looking good, girl. Angle inside the convertible. Glenn slips into the seat next to Nancy. Someone else is driving, it seems. Nancy looks up to the driver. The big man turns and grins at Nancy. A terrible, scarred, hideous leer of a grin. Fred Krueger's grin. Angle oh. back outside the convertible as its top clamps over the kids within a bright red and yellow top that closes as fast and hard as a bear trap. Nancy's frightened face flies to the car window, pressing against the thick glass as the car roars away from the curb and into the thick mm -hmm. fog. Mm -hmm. Camera pan to a group of little girls half hidden by the fog, jump roping and singing gaily. One, two, Freddy's come for you. Three, four, better lock your door. Five, six, get your crucifix. Seven, eight, gonna stay up late. Nine, 10, never sleep again. Music crossfades with this song, expanding the simple tune to symphonic, boundless dimensions as the little girls fade into thin air and we fade to black. That's different from the movie. Yeah, it's a oh, lot different. A lot that is the, very different. Yeah, a lot of the ending got changed, but I'm trying yeah. to double check. I'm just double checking that Marge doesn't get stabbed or anything. No, she should get, um, so after we see Nancy and crew zoom away in the car, then we see Marge, like, calmly waving away as Nancy's screaming, and then we yeah. see Kruger's hand shoot through the front door window and they grab her and then just snatches and draws her into the house. Yeah. And then that's, that's the closing scene. That is the closing scene. I'm going to check there's another version of the script. No, it's the same script here. Oh, yeah, so. interesting. Okay. Yeah, okay, so, yeah, as you can see, in the original ending, nothing happens to Marge. It's just Nancy's uh, group that all kind of fall victim to Friday. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do find that interesting. Mm -hmm. My So my initial takeaway from watching the movie was that Nancy thought that she had defeated Kruger, mm -hmm. but obviously that wasn't the case and he was still like fucking with her mentally and that's why we get the closing scene being like essentially another dream state mm. and it's just reinforcing the fact that like there is no escape from Kruger and that he's still gonna try to get her and maybe she partially weakened him in the moment by choosing to like reserve her or take back her energy from him but he's still there and he's still gonna be haunting her I think that's a fair thing to say I think also maybe so mm -hmm. I sort of read the the themes that people were talking about around it. And they said one of them was like uh, childhood trauma and growing yes. up and becoming an adult. And like, yes, yes. so you can kind of see the the recurring dreams as like kind of a symbol of the trauma. But yeah, generally, I, I also took it as like, you know, 
it is another dream state and it's kind of unfortunate but like the dream is much more positive this time you know you're not running through uh through the boiler room no you just get kruger carnapped instead <laughs> yeah so i mean there's it seems like there could be hope for her somewhere down the line but i do agree that um yeah it's a little bit confusing i kind of yeah like i kind of took it as like honestly i took it as a sequel setup scene Like, they left it open-ended enough that they're like, ah, fuck, we gotta make another movie to explain this. Yeah, or, I mean, maybe the Marge thing was added as, like, a trope, you know, like, the last-minute scare or the ending scare. I can see that. Also, Marge's last name is Simpson. Wait. S-I-M-S-O-N. That's her last name. Sin? As in, she's sinning? No, S-I-M-S-O-N. Simpson, just Simpson. like one letter off from Simpson. Interesting. What does this mean? Oh. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're gonna continue our character discussion after our quick break. Oh boy. And Welcome back. <laughs> That was so well timed. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, Z, for giving me your thoughts on the ending, and thank you for reminding me that the whole point of this movie has to do with basically childhood trauma. Um, I think part of the reason I'm sorry, I'm gonna like continue my why I like this movie rant. Part no of my part. reason why I really liked this movie and why it's like now part of my top ten is because it's really similar to it and The Outsider by Stephen King, where you have this monster, this creature that's feeding off of the emotions of children. You know, Mm -hmm. I still, I still consider Nancy and and crew to be children because they're still developing mentally, you know, they're young adults, they're teenagers, but same vein. Um, And I really, really like, for as an impressionable teen, got um, spooked by it Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, because I read it when I was around 13 years old. And I really just like that idea of a monster preying on on kids' emotions. And we also kind of see it in season four of Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. So no spoilers there in case folks are living under a rock and they haven't seen it. But really good fucking season. Very King-esque. And I think that's why I like this movie so much. I see. I see. Yeah, I think... I mean, I think it was okay. I did like Nancy. I think like, yeah, like I said, the script is extremely well written. You can tell a lot of thought was put into the descriptions and each of the actions. So even when they did something different, like, cause they cut a lot of stuff, actually, most of it was like, um, like dialogue between the characters that didn't really serve the plot. So like, for example, one of the scenes that they cut is that while they're reading Shakespeare in the classroom, some guy makes a joke. And like, obviously the Shakespeare in the classroom and the joke, it doesn't really further the point, which is that Nancy's scared out of her mind and traumatized. But like, mm-hmm. you know, so they, they would cut things like that or like some conversations Nancy was having with her mother that weren't about the killer. They cut those to like make it more tight. And that seemed to be like the right idea. But I do think that the writing really allowed for everyone to clearly understand what the filmmaker was going for which then clearly allowed everyone to translate that using their own interpretation and it helped a lot yeah that's really curious and I'm I wouldn't mind like continuing to watch more Wes Craven films and, and you know walking through the script because 
part of me wonders like was it super detailed because that's how Wes Craven is and that's how imagination is or was it super detailed because he was working with you know some uh debuting actors he was working Mm -hmm. with a much younger cast than he might have been used to at this time so he wanted to make it a little bit more accessible and understandable to them because this was Johnny Depp's first ever movie yeah yeah which is insane to me that is Mm -hmm. absolutely insane um so I I don't know I kind of hope it's both of them because he seems like a very detail-oriented type of fellow especially from what we've seen in Scream yeah I think it's probably just detail-oriented in general like I think you know, maybe like his style of screenplay is just like, uh, just like, I mean, thought out clearly, very, very mm-hmm. thought out. Yeah. 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 And I do think that this story is also incredible in my mind, just because it's an original concept mm-hmm. that Wes Craven came up with himself. Mm-hmm. And I, okay, so I don't know how true or not this is. But Wes Craven claims that Mm -hmm. the basis of this film was inspired by several newspaper articles that were printed in the 70s that were about Hmong refugees that had fled to the U.S. because, you know, Mm -hmm. war and genocide and other horrible things going on. Mm -hmm. And they suffered disturbing nightmares, which forced them or basically caused them to refuse to sleep. So because of that, a lot of men died in their Mm -hmm. sleep and uh, medical authorities called the phenomenon at the time Asian death syndrome. I don't know if that's still the same name or or if there's ever been similar cases since then, but Mm -hmm. apparently it affected men between the ages of 19 and 57 and was just believed to be a sudden unexplained death syndrome that existed in the 70s at that time. So it's probably like some... There's a CDC article on this actually. So it does look like there was sudden unexplained death syndrome. Yes. Yes. So there, Mm -hmm. so it's possible, you know, I'm not sure when it became popular, but there is like some articles about sudden unexpected death syndrome, um, genetic and biophysical basis of sudden unexplained death syndrome, a disease allelic to Brugatus. So there's still research on it too. Update, sudden unexplained death syndrome among Southeast Asian refugees. Between 1986 and 1988, 10 cases of sudden unexplained death syndrome were reported to the CDC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so there does seem to be some basis for that. So it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's it's really cool how, um, or at least it's really interesting how Craven was able to, to draw from something equally as horrific happening in real life and and make a a horror movie out of it with the super interesting villain that's just like campy as fuck and doesn't care about anything yeah I think it is like it's definitely like exaggerated and like I think the 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 aspect of like intergenerational trauma between Nancy and her Mm. mother is Mm -hmm. very good and like actually I really enjoyed the way that Nancy and her mother argue with each other because you notice they don't really yell at each other they kind of both just like talk like this and then they'll suddenly throw something and it like you know like <laughs> yeah it's a little bit weird because when you read it you expect something more like violent or like aggressive mm-hmm. but instead they kind of just like at each other yeah it was a lot more understanding honestly than I was anticipating like I'll agree with you 
I was intrigued with the Nancy mom dynamic. I don't really know if I like it or not, just because I see Marge as being like a monstrous mother. Um, but there like, was do a- you see her as monstrous? How? How um I see her as monstrous because so she admits to having killed Freddie along with a group of other parents, mm-hmm. but there still wasn't really much concern on her end when her daughter kept telling her again and again, like, mom, I'm seeing Fred Krueger. Look, I pulled his hat, his hat out of my dream. Like, mom, all my friends are being haunted by Fred Krueger and they're all dying because of it. So there was that the whole disbelief behind it. Um, and maybe it's just because personal reasons as well. But the fact that she instead chose to drink the troubles away than actually listening to her daughter and helping her was just like like girl come on okay i want to show you the like the Uh original is it different in the script yes it is different (gasps) that's why i want to show you the original confrontation between them two let me see let me see okay Uh, yes because there's another scene that was cut off that i want to talk about as well and i want to know if it's in the script or not so please yeah okay i have to i have to find this i have to find this real quick no you're good but yeah mm -hmm, go ahead go ahead i was just i was gonna also say i do think that nancy had a also interesting dynamics with her father as well that we can get more into yeah so nancy says mom i want to know about fred krueger they're upstairs um the important thing to note here is that um wait i should actually go back to the beginning okay so nancy walks across her yard we see the bars bars are everywhere across everything and mom what's with the bars reverse to marge propped against the headboard of her bed a crooked shadow in the gloom a fresh bottle of gin glints in her hand so first difference she's not in her bedroom she's downstairs in the movie right she's in her bedroom here and she's like super out of it right mm-hmm. i think so i wasn't paying attention too much Oh, no, in the movie, she confronts her mom in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, she, so... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's just, it's the signal that her mom's broken down more in this one. Like yeah, she's yeah, in yeah. bed with the gin in the bed. I don't know what's going on. Okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Nancy crosses and reaches gently for the bottle. Marge snatches it away. Marge, smile. <laughs> she rocks the bottle in her arms. Nancy, what's with the bars? Marge, security, this we heard. Nancy sits on the bed, a surprising compassion entering her voice. Nancy, mom, I want to know about what you know about Fred Krueger. March, dead and gone. Nancy, I want to know how, where, if you don't tell me, I'm going to call daddy. Marge gives a laugh, a rasping cachination from deep in her chest. C-H-A-C-H-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. Cachination? No, no idea. No idea. Nope. Yeah. Nope. (laughs) Marge, your father, the cop. That's a good one. Forget Fred Krueger. You don't want to know, believe me. Nancy, I do want to know. He's not dead and gone. He's after me. And if I sleep, he'll get me. I've got to know. Marge blinks at her a moment, then cracks a terrible crooked grin. Grin. Marge, all right. Marge drags Nancy headlong down the cellar stairs and across the room with a crazy fury, twisting her down near the foundation as she thrusts her face so close to her daughter's that Nancy reels from the alcohol. March, you want to know who Fred Krueger was? He was a filthy child killer who got at least 20 kids, kids from our area, kids we all knew. It drove us crazy when we didn't know who was doing it, but it was even worse when they caught him. Marge draws herself up with a shake. 
March. Oh, lawyers got fat and the judge got famous, but someone forgot to sign the search warrant in the right place and Fred Krueger was free, just like that. Nancy, so she's so he's alive? Marge smiles grimly. March, he would have stopped. The bastard would have gotten more kids first chance he got. They found nearly 10 bodies in his boiler room as it was, but the law couldn't touch him. At the mention of boiler room, Nancy gives a shake. Marge misses this, too busy taking a pull from the bottle that's never left her hand. Marge, what was needed were some private citizens willing to do what had to be done. She reels slowly, looking at Nancy. Looking at Nancy is defiance. Nancy, what did you do, mother? Marge cradles the bottle. Bunch of us parents tracked him down after they let him go. Found him in an old boiler room, just like before. Saw him lying there in that caked red and yellow sweater he always wore, drunk and asleep, with his weird knives by his side. Nancy, treading it. Go on. Marge reaches over and taps a dusty two-gallon jug of gasoline near the lawnmower. We poured gasoline all around the place, left a trail out the door, locked the door, and then she minds striking a match. Whoosh! Her arms shoot up and her eyes go wide with the light of that fire. There's an awe in her voice. Then she drops her arms. Marge, hushed, remembering. But just when it seemed not even the devil could live in there anymore, he crashed out like a banshee, all on fire, swinging Ooh. those finger knives every which direction he was screaming. He was going to get us by killing all our kids. She stops with a sudden quake and drinks for a long moment. But the intake doesn't hide the damage. Her face bathed in tears. She looks at her daughter and shakes her head. There were all those men, Nancy, even your father. Oh, yes, even him. But none of them could do what had to be done. Kruger rolling and screaming so loud the whole state could hear. No one could take your father's gun and kill him good and proper except me. She sweeps her hand across the air in a terrific slash then stops her hand shaking her voice hoarse and terrified she looks at her daughter begging so he's dead nan he can't get you mommy killed him for someone who started this film at a very young 17 nancy's now the battle-tempered veteran as she takes her mother in her arms and rocks her nancy who was there were tina's parents there were rods march sags back sure and glenn's all of us but that's in the past now baby really it's over slyly we even took his knives the woman twists around and opens the door on an old furnace a furnace unused since the newer gas one nearby was put in she fishes inside the cavity as then we hear a touch of the familiar scritch next moment she pulls out an object wrapped in rags opens it and displays the long rusted blades in their glove-like apparatus march see nancy stares at things chilled Nancy, all these years you kept those things buried down here in our own house? March, prove he's declawed. As for him, we buried him good and deep. March shoves the knives into their hiding place, closes the little iron door. March, so it's okay, you can sleep. She lurches up the stairs and staggers. Nancy shivers and looks down at her arm. The cut beneath her bandage has begun to bleed again. And from inside the furnace, as if from deep below, the pulsing of the boundless nightmare boiler room can be faintly heard. So that's interesting because mm -hmm. it seems like they cut out a scene from the script that I saw on YouTube, actually. Oh. Um, and it kind of further builds on this idea of the mom dealing with these past traumas. You know, mm -hmm. from what we get in the script, it's added on that she was actually the one who shot Freddy Krueger, which yeah. kind of builds on like 
my um, guesstimation of Freddy Krueger going to continue to haunt Nancy no matter what, mm. uh, which we see at the end of the film. Um, but what's interesting is that in the deleted scene that I saw, the mom marge also admits to nancy that one of the victims that kruger had claimed was a sibling of nancy's oh so she actually yeah so in in one of like the rewrites or you know whatever happened there was this deleted scene where apparently nancy discovers that she used to not be an only child and a couple of other kids in the neighborhood used to not be only children as well so I think it just further ties onto that whole and builds into that whole idea of Marge feeling as though she needed to be the one to take down Kruger. And obviously we can tell that she's still dealing with like the PTSD and, and different emotions in, involving the action that her and other parents felt that they needed to take in order to rid themselves of this fucking psychotic crazy ass murderer right but like from the script i read marge as monstrous but in the movie i really didn't see her as that because i no i just thought that she was really like she handled she's not super drunk in the confrontation with nancy she doesn't abuse nancy the way that she does in the you know like in the movie she doesn't Uh really abuse nancy she doesn't push nancy down the stairs and like slam her yeah but in the script she was definitely being like aggressive and violent so like script marge i consider a monster movie marge Uh honestly no i'm like yeah you have your alcohol problem and probably that like sucks for nancy but like Mm -hmm. you know nancy even says i no not nancy marge even says look i see why you need to know and i'm gonna tell you this to help you move on or whatever in the movie she doesn't say that in the script she's just like drunk and out of her mind but like you know, like, I think Marge in the movie and taking Nancy to that sleep disorder, like, I think Marge in the movie does a lot for Nancy. And you don't see as much of, like, the, like, perhaps violent or abusive tendencies that you, that come out in the script. Yeah, it definitely seems a lot more apparent that, like, things are not okay with Marge <laughs> in the script. Mm-hmm. Um, I still take her as monstrous because she still, you know, killed someone. And I mean, I think she's only human at that point, you know, like yeah. I, for someone who's killed someone, she's adjusting miraculously well without like a therapist, to be honest, you know. That's what the gym <laughs> is for, of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yes. Yeah. But yeah, no, definitely big difference between script Marge and movie Marge. Yeah, I mean, it's I possible. Not expecting. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Like after I read the script, I'm like, oh, movie Marge is kind of nice. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> movie Marge, not that bad. Yeah, movie merge, pretty bad. mild, pretty mild. I like this tagline. Yeah, yeah, not that bad, not that bad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do, I do like the idea, the fact that, like, her mom was the one to take down Freddy Krueger, and then Nancy now, like, trying to continue on that revenge and taking down Krueger herself as well. Um, this kind of plays into a horror movie trope that we saw in The Witch as well, which is the sins of the parents are visited upon the children. Mm. so kind of like in the in the witch where like the dad was uh the parents were being sinful and and that was affecting their family and so on and so forth you know the dad Mm. was being very prideful we also Mm. see the same thing with the mom here where she killed Kruger but Kruger's back and now he's preying on all the kids yeah I mean I would like I would like agree with that but like again I feel like you know Marge as a parent you can't compare her to like whoever thomason's parents were oh no 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 i'm not comparing her i'm just saying it's a similar trope yeah okay yeah it's a similar trope but yeah i 
I honestly feel a lot of sympathy for Marge. I feel like, you know, she's just hanging in there doing her best. Like, did you? I, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Sorry. Side note. Did you get the sense that Marge and Don were divorced? Because yeah. I got the sense that they were divorced. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's explicit in the script. They're divorced. Oh, yeah. okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, it's very, very obvious in the script. Like just the way that they talk to each other and the way they look at each other and stuff. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same in the movie. Like from the first scene where we have both parents in the same room, I was just like, oh, they're divorced. Okay. Yeah. 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 This is really rough to watch. <laughs> this is difficult. But yeah. How did you feel about the, the father and daughter dynamics then between Don and, and Nancy? There weren't as many scenes between them. I think, you know, another reason I like the mother is that eventually she believes Nancy. Like, she doesn't believe all of it, but she believes enough of it to tell Nancy what's going on. And yeah, the father is mm-hmm. kind of just like, oh, I'm not breaking into your house in 20 minutes, you know, until Nancy's like <laughs> screaming. So useless. <laughs> yeah, you know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know. I feel like if you're a child and you're like, mom, I need to sleep. But if I'm having a nightmare, I need you to wake me up. Your mm-hmm. mom would do that for you or your dad would do that for you. I feel like if you make a request like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, because, I mean, if I'm being honest, I didn't think Nancy was that crazy. I felt like her parents were oh, around her. You for know? sure. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Also, I wanted to piggyback off your previous mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely trust my parents to wake me up on, like, fucking Glenn. Yeah. Oh, my God. He was the dumbest character ever. Yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, I give Glenn credit for being sympathetic, you know, when she was, yeah. like having a bad day in English class he went and checked on her so I don't think I think all the characters are fairly likable yeah I, I do think they have redeeming qualities even when you think that they're going to fall into a trope like early on we see the Rod and Tina dynamics and I was immediately uncomfy with that yeah and then I realized like oh they're dating and then I also realized like oh Rod feels really bad and he's freaking out and he's also having nightmares that's when I was just like oh okay like these are well-rounded characters I enjoy this yeah I think you know there's Mm -hmm. there definitely is like a lot more like like gray area between these like characters and yeah I think the dad is probably like the most cardboardy like he is legitimately (laughs) useless at some points but like even him there's a scene in the police station this got deleted actually but when uh, Nancy first goes to visit Rod in prison she actually has to negotiate with her dad and you know dad's like no you can't do this this is bad and then finally he's like okay but make it quick you know like I care Mm -hmm. about you honey like you can so there were some scenes I guess that showed that uh the dad had more of a human character to him too yeah he did seem like a little bit of a a caricature at times of like the strong buff cop character and I was just like yeah guys come on but I guess I guess taking out that scene where she negotiates with him to see Rod does make him less sympathetic because he did Mm -hmm. come off as more sympathetic like fine I'll let you do this if this makes you happy you know Yeah, yeah and I feel like and maybe this is me just like reaching I feel like we get more of the mom and daughter dynamics because I'm pretty sure Nancy lives with her mom yeah Nancy lives with her and yeah and and their father Don is not there yeah which kind of just feeds into just the overall story right because a lot of shit ends up happening in Nancy and Marge's home yeah 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 so good yeah so yeah I mean definitely obviously closer to her mom than to her dad but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say like you know like the dad's he's somewhat he's trying he's not that good at it, but he's trying <laughs> he's, he's there yeah 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 uh-huh. i i did enjoy seeing that the parent dynamics mm-hmm. um 
I do think though that like, you know, if it's midnight and you're listening to your whatever device you used in the 80s to listen to music and watching TV, like, like <laughs> whatever my parents was. would have taken all the technology out yep. of the room, you know, like they would not have just been like, oh, you should go to sleep, honey. It's midnight. You oh really my should- God. Like with Glenn. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. my God. He had a fucking TV on his bed. Yeah, I never had a TV in my room. Like, yeah, you know, fuck? and like, like, oh, you should really go to sleep. No, no, they would. If there was a TV on your bed, they would have yanked it out by now. Yes. Yeah, you know, and like, yeah. and like, they wouldn't calmly suggest for you to go to sleep. They'd be like, "I'm turning out this light, and I don't care what you do." Like, go to bed, dumbass. Yeah. Go bed. Go bed. <laughs> I will yell. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, fucking glad yeah god damn it yeah i will say i liked his kill scene a lot mm-hmm. i don't know did, did you have a chance to watch that onesie the one where he gets sucked into the bed and it's yeah. just an explosion yeah that one just wasn't that bad geyser. that one wasn't that bad i mean because it was just a blood geyser i didn't have to like see it mm-hmm. yeah i i like that one a lot i like a lot of the practical effects like there's some really cool ones the bathtub scene i think is tied with my top one mm-hmm. and that's when uh nancy falls asleep in the bathtub and we see freddy krueger's hand slowly lift up between her legs and then the bath um, yeah which kind of like builds on this whole idea of freddy krueger being a sexual predator as well but mm-hmm. that's another conversation um and then she just gets sucked into this like bottomless pool mm-hmm. while he's like dragging her down and it's just like it's so beautifully shot and they literally mm-hmm. cut a hole into the bathtub to make it happen oh wow. and they filmed it over a pool to make that scene happen like wow. they put in a lot of work they put in a lot of thought and effort to make it happen for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm trying to see the glenn kill scene in the script because that's one of the kill scenes that i actually watched so i'm trying to see what it says give me a moment nancy jumps glenn Close on Glenn's from directly above. The music is tiny from the earphones. The TV sound distant and echoed. The boy is breathing deeply now, slowly and gently. Then unespeakably, he begins to snore. Very faintly, far in the background, we hear Nancy. Glenn, don't fall asleep. Camera pulls back and straight up as the s'mores merge with a weird, unsettling music cue. The boy lies sprawled, still closed in the middle of his bed. Save for the bedside lamp, the room is dark. So I think in the movie, the room is light. It's not dark while he's trying to sleep right so it doesn't yeah it doesn't sound that different i mean but the room is lit when he's trying to sleep and in in here it says the room is dark full wide angle from this high spot looking down at him as the eyes of some great fly hung over the ceiling the music reaches a terrifying pitch of anticipation then stops abruptly there's a heartbeat pause then with tremendous force two powerful arms shoot up beneath the red and yellow Mm -hmm. bedstrap and grab glenn around the waist Next moment, the young man's body is dragged straight down into the bed as if some huge beast had grabbed him and heaved him. His feet and arms shoot up. There's another hauling yank and the boy disappears except for his hands and fingers down into the pit in the middle of the bed. His hands are the last to go. I think he gets sucked in. Like his hands don't hang on, do they? Yeah, no, he just gets immediately sucked in. Like it's a super quick fluid motion. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, uh, but soon his hands vanish, dragging blankets and bed sheets, wires and stereo and the caved in bed into the abyss. There's hideous screeching music jamming in with Glenn's echoing screams, then an unholy sudden silence. 
Next moment, what's left of Glenn is vomited up from the pit of the nightmare <laughs> bed. A horrible mess of blood and bone and hair and wires oh. streaming over the bed. Then the pit is in the bed is gone as if it were never there. And then huh. Glenn's mother comes comes and starts to scream. Interesting. You only really see the blood in the geyser. And I'll be honest with you, I would have loved to see more chunky bits in that. That would have been really entertaining. I would not have. I mean, I saw the blood and I was like, hmm, this is a lot of blood for one person. Where did they get all this blood from? But like, yeah, I thought Mm -hmm. it kind of reminded me of The Shining with its like oceans of red blood water that just looked like red water and not like blood. Because at that point, how did you get so much blood, you know? Okay, I'm so excited. I was about to mention that exact same scene. Oh my god, you're such a horror movie buff, see? That makes me so happy. Yay! Yeah, but I mean, to be honest, in The Shining, I also thought it was, like, red water. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not believable blood at all no. in any point of this movie. No, and I, no. I think that's what makes me like it so much, and that's what mm. builds on, like, the campiness, is because, like, they have amazing effects, but they also don't have believable blood. So mm. it just makes it really funny to me at the end of the day. I see, uh, I see. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm just messed up. <laughs> yeah. Anyone right. else you want to talk about? Uh, I wanted to ask just overall. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel having now watched what is considered one of the best horror movies ever made? Mm-hmm. Like, Okay. <laughs> I'm so anticlimactic. Like I said, I think the writing's great. I still don't think that horror movies are for me. I do think we should pivot Mm -hmm. to watching horror movies where the script is good and the movie is good because I think we're going to have better conversations about how they Mm -hmm. made it better because I think a lot of this, like you can see in the script how it was good and how like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if Blood Geyser was better than Bones coming out (laughs) of the bed, to be honest, but they they have the same effect, right? Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, I do think, like, I think, I think it was good. I think there were places where I was like, ah, oh, this is a little bit weird, but like, I guess that's kind of to be expected. Yeah, I think, I think mm-hmm. that happens in a lot of Wes Craven films, though, is that they kind of ask, or at least he kind of asks the audience to suspend their disbelief and just like mm-hmm. go along with it. Yeah. And he won't fully explain what's going on in his script. Like he didn't really do that for Scream and he definitely didn't do it for this movie. So I, I think for part of it, you just you just have to kind of go along with the ride and just I mean, for yeah. me, a lot of it was just like, I mean, I guess everyone has a different interpretation, but there were parts where I was like, would you really say it like this? Would you really be doing this if you were trauma? Like, to what extent are you traumatized? Mm. I'm not sure. But like, I think at the same time, like, it's hard for, I guess maybe there was a different understanding of trauma back in that day. I think so. I think there definitely was a different understanding, which makes this movie so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, and for example, with that speech that the mother gave about killing Fred Krueger herself, mm-hmm. that is something that I could really see Wes Craven taking from like some soldier who has uh, PTSD or who's dying in their sleep. Oh, probably. Because, you know, so like, yeah. I think there are some things there, but I think, you know, like that would have, I'm not sure if it would have been good to have in the movie because I probably think they took it out because tonally it got too dark if like, you know, Marge is dragging Nancy into the basement and like abusing her in that way. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they had to tone a couple things down. Mm-hmm. So I got a little obsessed with this movie, but 
Disney was actually in the first talks for developing this script into a film, but they asked Craven to tone it down significantly so it can be for teens. And Craven said, fuck you, no. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if there were some things that he really just had to go along with because he was really struggling to sell this script and get it made into a movie so maybe that's why we see a change although to be fair i did read like the interview where he said that he wanted it to be something where nancy had her parents trauma but she could still move forward and if she gets abused by marge that makes it really hard for her to move Mm -hmm. forward but if marge is like you know i'm at peace with it i think i'm at peace with it but i want to tell my daughter what happened it motivates them to move forward like better i think do you do you feel like Marge was at peace with it in the movie, though? Because I didn't think she was in terms she of was her drinking. More, she was more at peace than she was with the script. You know, like the drinking, mm, I think okay. it could have been because of the divorce. It could have been because she was involved in the murder of Freddy Krueger. It could have been some like other things. But like, mm-hmm. I also feel like Nancy functions as an adult pretty well. I'm not saying that she should do that. But like, I mean, come yeah. on, Marge takes her to the sleep clinic. Marge keeps going, are you sure you're okay? Don't go to school, honey. Like, mm-hmm. I don't see Marge actively doing anything bad to Nancy, you know? Yeah, I can yeah. see that. And, yeah. but I definitely agree. I, I do think that that still forced Nancy's character to age quite a bit. And I yes, think yes. that's what ends up saving her life in the end of it. Like, yeah, yeah. like I said, like this is now one of my favorite horror movies. And I like Nancy is one of my favorite final girls now, just cause like, mm-hmm. she's really intelligent Mm -hmm. um like early on when she burns herself on the pipe to wake up from the dream when Mm -hmm. kruger's like literally standing right in front of her like that's brilliant thinking absolutely yo actually that scene funny story um yeah in the script when she realizes it she doesn't say anything so all the things that they say in that scene where she's burning herself they're all i think ad-libs from the actors wait what do they say in the movie they like you know she says like she nancy says like i know what this is and she burns herself like i realize that she doesn't say any of that in the gotcha so i think once again it was written well so when they realized oh nancy can't realize that um she's in a nightmare without her saying i realize i'm in a nightmare yeah (laughs) that's when they were like fuck yeah yeah you know but like they were able like it Uh worked yeah i gotcha Yeah. yeah yeah All right. Yeah. But no, I definitely agree. I think we should keep watching some more mm-hmm. elevated horror movies. This was yeah, a little bit more horrible. in the campy area. It doesn't um, matter if it's campy or if it's like mm-hmm. elevated, as long as it's good, you know, as long as it has a script that we can like really mm-hmm. dig into. And I think that gives us more like cultural things to talk about too. Yes. Yes. And yes. hopefully we get more cultural things to talk about in our next one. Ooh. Oh, I wonder what it is. Ooh. Um, I do have one more question just because like I'm curious mm-hmm. so in vain of this movie in honor of this movie I just wanted to to know have you ever experienced any night terrors no and no like I was afraid have. of the monster before I went to sleep but once I went to sleep I don't usually remember my dreams Ooh, I did have a nightmare okay. in which my parents got divorced over $20 and I woke up from that but as you can tell <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> over $20 the things that scare me are more psychological in nature is what yeah. I'm trying no, to I got say you. I got you. Yeah. you know like there were no monsters in my dreams uh, okay interesting yeah. I personally have never had like sleep paralysis demons or like any of those experience but i've had plenty of nightmares that like 
could be their own script for a movie honestly really mm-hmm. like, oh i can send you one for sure i have some fun ones oh you should because like yeah for me that's the only one i remember is because there was a divorce over 20 dollars, and it upset me so much that i woke up and i was like oh <sighs> what? what there's some <laughs> what's first of all why second of all what <laughs> I have not even said I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, like, did you have actual monsters in your like thing though? Yeah. Like, so I had um, I had this really cool dream, this really mm-hmm. cool nightmare actually. That um, it was so vivid, and my brain was so immersed in it. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a spoiler at all, but like one of the ending scene is that like I get branded. So my your dreams s- have what the no no no. no. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a fun one. Um, but yeah, like my my skin literally gets burnt. And I was so like wrapped up in the stream that I could feel the burn, like I could feel the physical pain and I can smell burning flesh. And that's yeah, it was an intense fucking dream. It was on one wild. hand, we have my parents got divorced over twenty dollars, and on and the other me hand, getting burnt. We have I've been branded and I smell my flesh on fire i these are I know. two very different and I, did you wake up from your nightmare though or I, did you... I did from like the burning smell yeah no that definitely okay, so woke it me takes up. very different things to wake us up evidently yeah i would i would love to do like a a, a side shoot off where i just like read out this yours dream. are more interesting than mine okay mine is like there was one occasion when I was lucid dreaming and you're supposed to do this reality check where oh, like you check yeah, your yeah, with fingers. Your fingers, yeah. and my fingers came up like forks like each finger was split into like two fingers and then I woke up because that was so disorienting and I was like oh well well we're awake now <laughs> I'm sorry that just made me think of the hot dog fingers <laughs> from everything everywhere all at once but Fork like that's fingers cool. are more scary trust me when you have oh. like yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. No, so no. then, and then I woke up from that, but that's not a nightmare, you know. That's nothing on the scale yes. of what you described. I was disturbed by my fingers, and then I was like, "Okay, <laughs> we're out of here." Were you disturbed by the hot dog fingers? I feel like where you talked about this, but I'm intrigued. Not as much. I mean, it okay, was yeah. like it was fine, but like, yeah, fork fingers. Ugh. That's a weird one. No, that's definitely a weird one. I would not be happy to see that either. You know, like, I would also be like, this is not okay. But, like, I don't think you'd wake up, because apparently you only woke up after you were burned. (laughs) I mean, it was, like, a scary dream, but it was also a fun dream, and I would love to talk about it. That's a weird combination to have. Um, I basically am the antichrist in that dream, which is what made it fun. What is... (laughs) Okay, the last dream I remember, I was gonna... try to talk to someone but whenever I went up to talk to them they would turn their back in the opposite direction and that upset me so much that I <laughs> you're like fuck that you pulled a Nancy and you're like fuck this you're not taking my energy fuck you yeah but like I these are very different scales of dreams oh, like yeah. yours are like blah, 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 and mine are just like <laughs> yeah (laughs) yeah I feel like you have a lot more like like you're saying like psychological dreams and um I clearly watch too many horror movies yeah you have a lot more like horror yeah (laughs) (laughs) I do I do have fun horror dreams where it feels like I'm in a movie except I pretty much always end up dying so that sucks (laughs) yeah yeah it's cool (laughs) 
see. Interesting. Good idea. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we already you, talked about this. And you die in your dreams. And I'm just like, this is strange. And I'm deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm going to wake up now. Fuck this. I'm deeply uncomfortable. I'm getting uh i i think this is just a good reflection on who we are as people right yes. like I, i've talked about being very nihilist so that that pretty much checks yeah, out. yeah me fork fingers divorce being ignored <laughs> totally i feel too not. awkward i feel too awkward i'm waking up <laughs> never gonna sleep again fuck <laughs> oh, it's so funny yeah. Well, hopefully we continue not having uh, sleep paralysis or any of those experiences because that sounds yeah. horrible. Yeah, I mean, I've had sleep paralysis before, but like if Ooh. I try to move, I'll just move and then I wake up. Like I have to try really hard to move. I'm not wrong. I'm like, okay, you need to move your hand now because you move your hand, the rest of your body's going to start oh, moving. Yeah. I got you. So you focus on like a, a part of your body to move. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, I just common. focus on moving something. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I gotcha. Yeah really i've never experienced sleep paralysis so i'm oh. terrified of it yeah it's like it's not that bad honestly like when i'm in sleep paralysis i usually am like oh you're in sleep paralysis yes <laughs> that explains why we can't move any okay we need to just move something if we move something we're gonna get out and like i have seen like like a voldemort-esque dark cloud before but, like, no, but it's not that it, it like okay it did like creep me out but like I also had enough rational brain left that was like sleep paralysis just move something you're gonna wake up it'll be fine oh, so okay I gotcha yeah I am um, so I know I I would I would love to to get a friend's story to share on this mm-hmm. podcast because he got haunted by a sleep paralysis demon before he really knew what it was Oh. um to the point where like he felt as though this thing was attacking him and that's mm. what shocked him to be awake mm. so yeah maybe maybe in the future well, yeah know. maybe yeah because i mean yeah it's interesting mm. i mean for me it was just like sleep paralysis just move something you're gonna mm-hmm. you'll get out soon yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on move a finger come on yeah and i only tended to get it like right before i was supposed to wake up anyway you know so i'd have it like I don't know how long to be honest because time perception is weird in dreams but like Mm -hmm, it would usually be like I could feel the light coming in through the room so I'd be like okay you have to get up anyway we just (laughs) really need to move something Mm -hmm. come on yeah (laughs) come on it's morning it's morning come on just just move this and then you'll wake up yeah yeah, but yeah, don't be scared of it. I think if you recognize it, you should be fine. Um, knowing myself, I'll probably be terrified and then be like, ha, nice, I'm gonna die now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm way too nihilist, I'm sorry. Um, no, no, I I feel I feel as though my logical brain will kick in, but uh unless it actually happens. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Well, all right, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. Z and I went on a little bit of a tangent there. Yeah. Remember to follow us on Instagram at the underscore spooky underscore corner. If you have any suggestions for us to talk about, you should contact us at spookycornerpodcast at gmail.com. That's spookycornerpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye.